Today is uh, November 17th, 2023. This is Read Through the New Testament. And guys, we are joined with a new guest. He's never been a guest before. It is my son, David. Hey. <laughs> and uh, tell us about yourself, David. How old you are? Where do you go to school? What are your interests? That sort of thing. Um, I go to Hallstrom, and I also go part-time to Rock Valley. And um, I like video making. Yep. Just like his brother. He's <laughs> a YouTube editor. David would love to be that someday, wouldn't you? Yeah. That'd be great. That's what he's aiming for. Anyway, okay, so today we're reading Mark chapter 7, and we're reading 1 Corinthians 6 and 7. So Mark chapter 7 just has to do with just where you just sinfulness isn't on the outside, it's on the inside. And then we're going to see the great story of this woman's faith. Now, when the Pharisees gathered to him with some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem... They saw that some of his disciples ate with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands properly, holding to the tradition of the elders. And when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other traditions that they observe, such as the washing of cups and pots and copper vessels and dinner couches. And the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? And he said to them, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Just That's a huge verse there. With people who honor God with their lips, but have hearts who are far from him. It's the Pharisees, for sure, and many today. And Jesus continues, You leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. Yep, we're interrupted by our dog again. Maybe you can hear her jingle. And he said to them, You have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles your father or mother must surely die. But you must say, if a man tells his father or his mother, whatever you have, uh, whatever you would have gained from me is Corbin, that is given to God, then you no longer permit them to do anything for his father or mother, thus making void the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and met, and many such things you do. And he called the people to him again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him. But the things that come out of a person are what defile him. And when he had entered the house and left the people, his disciples asked him about the parable. And he said to them, Then are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him, since it enters not his heart but his stomach and is expelled? Thus he declared all foods clean. And he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. And from there he arose and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. But immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came down and came and fell down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a uh, Seraph, 
Syrophen- Syrophoenician. Syrophoenician by birth. <laughs> and she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said to her, For this statement you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. And she went home and found the child laying in bed and the demon gone. And how opposite this Syrophoenician woman is from the Pharisees. Um, Just they were focused on the outside and she just begged. Even if any little thing, I'll take a scrap. That's all Jesus wants, scraps of faith. And then we have a deaf, a deaf man. This is an interesting miracle. And then he returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon and the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment. And they begged him to lay his hand on him. And taking him aside from the crowd privately, he put his fingers into his ears and after spitting, touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and said, Ephrathah, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, and his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. And Jesus charged them to tell no one. But the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. It's the power of Jesus. Okay, let's turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and 7. When one of you have a grievance against another... Does he dare to go law before the unrighteous instead of the saints? Or do you know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try try trivial cases? Do you know that we are to judge angels? How much more than matters pertaining to this life? So if you have such cases, why do you lay them before those who have no standing in the church? I say this to your shame. Can it be that there is one that there is no one among you wise enough to settle a dispute between the brothers? But before, uh, but brother goes to law against brother, and that, and that before unbelievers, to have lawsuits at, at all with one another is already a defeat for you. Why not rather suffer wrong? Why not rather be defrauded? But you yourselves wrong and defraud, even your own brothers. Yeah, there's just suing of one another, which is in the church, which is kind of shameful. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. But such were some of you. You were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Awful, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? 
never or do you know or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her for as it is written the two will become one flesh but he but he who is joined to the lord becomes one spirit with him flee from sexual immorality every other sin a person commits is outside the body but the sexual immoral person sins against his own body or do you not know that the body is a temple of the holy spirit within you whom you have from god you are not your own for you were bought with a price so glorify god in your body yeah a good summary of that last part is just verse 18 flee from sexual immorality that's what it talks about Okay, now we have uh, things about marriage and um, singles and how to handle that and widows um, because these were questions. Remember the outline of, of uh, 1 Corinthians is problems and solutions in verses chapters 1 through 6 and now 7 and following are questions and answers. So they wrote to Paul about these questions they had about marriage and so Paul answers them in this chapter. So he says, chapter 7, verse 1, Now concerning the matters about which you wrote, It is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman, but because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer. But then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Now, as a concession, not a command, I say this. I wish that all were as myself, but each has his own gift from God, one of one, kind and one other. To the unmarried and to the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. To the married, I give this charge. Not I, but the Lord. The The wife should not separate from her husband. But if she does, she should remain under unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. And the husband should not divorce his wife. To the rest I say, I, not the Lord, that if any brother has a wife who is an unbeliever and she consents to live with him... He should not divorce her. If any woman has a husband who is an unbeliever and he consents to live with her, she should not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife, and the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. But if the unbelieving partner separates, let it be so. In such cases, the brother or sister is not enslaved. God has called you to peace. For how do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. This may rule in all the churches. Was anyone at the time of his call already circumcised? Let him not seek to remove the marks of circumcision. Was anyone at the time of his call uncircumcised? Let him not seek un. Let him not seek circumcision, for neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but keeping the commandments of God. Each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. You were a bondservant when called. Do you not con- uh, do not be concerned about it, 
but if you can gain your freedom, avail yourself of the of the opportunity. For he who is called in the Lord as a bondservant is a freed man of the Lord. Likewise, he who is free when called as a bondservant is of Christ. You were bought with a price. Do not become bondservants of men. So, brothers, in whatever condition each was called, there let him re- remain with God. Now concerning the betrothed, I have no command from the Lord, but I give my judgment as one who, by the Lord's mercy, is trustworthy. I think that in view of the present distress, it is good for a person to remain as he is. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be free. Are you free from a wife? Do not seek a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a betrothed woman marries, she has not sinned. Yet those who marry will have worldly troubles, and I would spare you that. This is what I mean, brothers. The appointed time has grown very short. From now on, let those who have wives live as though they had none. And those who mourn as though they were not mourning, and those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing, and those who buy as though they had no goods, and those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it, for the present form of this world is passing away. I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the thing of the Lord, how to pre- how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided, and the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. If anyone thinks that he is not behaving properly toward his betrothed, If his passions are strong, and it has to be, let him do as he wishes, let them marry. It is no sin. But whoever is firmly established in his heart, being under no necessity, but having his desire under control, and has determined this in his heart to keep her as his betrothed, he will do well. So then, he who marries his betrothed does well, and he who refrains from marriage will do even better. A wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives. But if her husband dies, she is free to marry she is free to be married to whom she wishes, only in the Lord. Yet in my judgment she is happier she remains as she is, and I think that I too have the Spirit of God. <laughs> A long reading today. Thanks for joining us, David. Mm-hmm. Okay, bye bye guys. See ya.